Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Comments of Podcast, where we talk about your favorite movies, music, TV shows, and more. I'm Tori. I'm Marin. And I guess the crime junkies have turned into the the the, the drama junkies, mm-hmm. the Korean drama junkies, since we're the ones who watch dramas on the regular. And I just thought, well, let me ask you this, Marin. How was your day today? Are you okay? <laughs> yeah, pretty good. Teeth started hurting again, so I need oh, to make no. sure I schedule that dentist appointment but mm-hmm. other than that um you know just new job so getting adjusted to working times ooh, 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 ooh. congratulations to mary for her new job getting in the buckles y'all send marion great vibes and congratulations on all our social media sites um i have brought to the table i have always well ever since i've started watching korean dramas people probably noticed that korea is neck deep in the bucket of nostalgia. <laughs> they play the same 25 songs on every variety show. <laughs> Why do I know so-, so Chan Wee's Tears? Because. Oh my god, yeah. It's on every single variety show. I know Fire Truck. I know who Chakra is. I didn't get into K-pop until 2014. And yet, I know shit from 1962. So, I thought it would be very fun for us to dive deep into this bucket of nostalgia and look into the drama side of it. Because if you watch a lot of variety shows when they have like games or challenges, they always use famous lines from famous dramas. And like the Lovers in Paris one, (laughs) the Lovers in Paris, the Sandglass one. Like I can name the names of the dramas, but I don't really know what happened in those shows. So I thought it would be cool if me and Mary did a series where we talked about some of the really incredibly famous like culture breaking dramas and what they were about and how crazy K dramas used to be and still are question mark. So I thought it'd be cool to give you guys a little history. If you don't know, Korean dramas or serialized dramas started off with sagaks or as the children would like to call them historical dramas. Uh, it was unfortunately started during the Japanese occupation, but sagaks is what got TV rolling, um, rolling in the deep in <laughs> Korea. And so I think the first serialized television show was 100 Years of Joseon. Mm-hmm. It was 100 Years of Joseon. I did a whole project on this when I was taking Korean class. But yeah, it's a, I don't know, it was a very, uh uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, they started with radio dramas. Yeah, they started with radio dramas and moved to television dramas. The first national television channel was Korean Broadcasting Station. Oh, Korean Broadcasting System, aka KBS, which started up in 1961. It's actually much later than I thought it would be. And the first Korean television film was a 15-minute piece titled The Gate of Heaven, the first television series was aired on KBS in 1962. The first historical TV series aired, it was called Kuk Tuman Lee. It was directed by Kim Jae-hyung, depicting the Goryeo area. Um, so that was really cool. So sagaks were a big um, influential thing that got uh, K-dramas rolling before they started importing things. So one of the biggest, biggest Korean dramas to ever air is a drama called Love and Ambition. Now, have you ever heard of this? Mia? No. Oh, I've not heard of this. Marin, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, I hadn't either, right? So I was like, Love and Ambition? What is what is this? 
Love and Ambition was released in, it's called Sarangwa Yangmang. Uh, it's released in 1987. It's regarded as a milestone Korean television. The highest recorded viewership for the show was 78%. That is crazy. That is fucking insane to me. 78% <laughs> average over 96 episodes? 96 oh, no. episodes. This show was on NBC. It's 50 minutes an episode. It stars Nam Sung-hoon and Cha Hwa-yoon and Lee Hui-hyung and Jung Hae-sun. These are all actors you've probably seen as like mothers and fathers and grandmothers in mm. Korean dramas now. It's written by Kim Soo-hyun, who I think she wrote some other famous stuff. Um, she wrote Life is Beautiful, which I have. Did I watch that? What is this? Life is Beautiful. Oh, oh, this is a show where the main, oh, okay, I recommend Life is Beautiful, it's an SBS drama, the main character is a gay guy, and it's like a family drama, mm-hmm. um, it's oh, very I think cool. I know what you're talking about. I yes, 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 it, yeah. and her last drama was Yes, That's How It Is, so it seems like she moved on to family dramas, I understand her first project was 96 flipping episodes, <laughs> so... The show, the I'll read you the description and I'll read you what happens during the show. So Park Tae-joon is an intelligent law student and a fiel son to his parents who run a meal. He has a younger brother named Taesu who is not quite as academic but still quite smart as like the known brat in town and a younger sister who's kind and gentle-hearted. Um, Sunhee and Kim Ja is Taejun's love interest, is from the same town and is sick and tired of living in poverty. She desires to leave her small town for a better life. One day after her fa- their father's death, the family learns that they will lose their home as a pledge due to the insurance um, their father has made before his death. So, um, I don't know if you looked at any of the, the videos I put in there. It's okay if you didn't. Mm-hmm. But this is like a really like from the countryside to city vibes, right? We mm-hmm. on the up and up during the eighties. I think this was after. This is before the IMF. This is before the the financial crisis that happened in Korea. Um, but I do know the eighties were still like a hard time for people. So mm-hmm. let's get into the story. So, um, so basically they figure out that they daddy they gonna lose their meal and all this because they daddy like signed a um um uh a loan for somebody. I think it's what the Korean. Um, also I'm. I translated this myself from Korean, and so if I'm missing stuff, I apologize. But just know that this story is wild. Okay, so Mija um went, realizes Taesu's family is gonna go under, and so she's like, "I'm gonna go ask my one line of sub asset for money." Um, but he either didn't have enough money, or they didn't, couldn't get enough money, so they sh- fall short of like two hundred thousand won, which is like um a lot of money in the 80s and Mija leaves and becomes an actress because she's sick of this country life and so Mija and Taejun reunite mm-hmm. when they're in the city right they reunite they promise to get married but her but his mama is like f that because she believes that Mija Mija had something to do with her husband's death basically because Mija couldn't get the money or because Mija was involved with the people who her dad signed the loan for whatever the reason mama don't like Mija right Mm-hmm. So, um, Mama stops the wedding. She's like, "We're not having this." And so, Mija gets married to this director named Kim. Now, Taesu and Unhwan is another woman. Are um, uh, Taesu is Taejun's younger brother, right? Mm-hmm. So, Taesu and this woman were dating, and I guess they were like, um, 
I guess he like she had an orchard or something, or orchard or something, and she settled down at his orchard, and they were flirting and they were loving it, and then his ex comes home pregnant with his kid, um, <laughs> right, and so director Kim suddenly dies, and then Taejun and Mija get married despite their mama's opposition, despite everybody being like. Y'all are never going to work out. Um, y'all live two different lives now. He's like, whatever. So Sunny must have been like disabled or something, but she got surgery on her leg. And she's living her best life as a hairstylist in the city, doing her damn thing. Sunny is on her own. Fine. Her brothers are where the drama is. <laughs> like like Marin said the other day, the messiest bitch you know is a man. Um, so Mija quits her job. and She's a stay-at-home mom. But... Being a stay-at-home mom means she's living with her mother-in-law who does not like her, right? Mm-hmm. So the little brother and um Unhua get married after his ex leaves. So she realizes that they're not happy. Um, even with the kid, it's just not working. And you know, even in the 80s, people, you know, they tried to make it work for, you know, um con you know, conformity's sake. Mm-hmm. But they were like, it's not working. So that's the divorce. I'm up out of here. And Taesu and Unwa are married and happy, right? Mm-hmm. Mija becomes basically depressed in oh, her really? and Taesu's breakup. Right. She's like, this is not working. Your mother hates me. I can't be in this house anymore. Mm-hmm. And so the, um, while this is happening, Homeboy gets demoted at his job. But he's like, you know what? He gets, uh, yeah, he's like, he's, like, oh, he's going to make the best of it, right? So Mija being scared of her mother-in-law. So now that Mija and Taejun are broken up, Mija is terrified that her mother-in-law will take her child um, away from her. So she raises him quietly. And so Taejun, who was trying to make the best of it, went abroad, right? He comes back to Korea after five years, meets his child, and um, meets his child. And they're like trying to co-parent. They're trying to make it work. Um, Mija even dreams of returning to him, like, them getting back together mm-hmm. but Taejun sees that this woman is still depressed and now she's drinking and she's drinking and raising their child and it's, that's just not a safe environment for their kid and so mm-hmm. he's very shocked by that right so folks are like Taejun and Mija y'all should reunite y'all were so in love it's gonna work out it's gonna do good but Mija has like no confidence to continue um, the same pattern of life oh no but Taejun has no confidence to recontinue be back with Mija and then just fall back into the same pattern that they were before they broke up. Her being depressed and drunk because of his mother-in-law, Taejun being too busy to focus on the family. Like it's just, it's just not going to work. Right. Yeah. Plus he's engaged to somebody else. This is the third woman. (laughs) But then of course they do the one thing I hate. Mija gets hurt and he realizes he still love her roll my motherfucking eyes and so the mother-in-law finally gives her approval for it too. she's like you know what if five years um and depression can't break y'all up then whatever right and so then the chairman that Taejun is working for him working for fires him and so now homeboy's out of a job meanwhile Taesu, the little brother's business falls into a crisis because of crude oil prices and then um Taejun is unemployed for a year but it's called back by his old boss, right? And so during this year, Mija falls even deeper into depression and alcohol. Um, both brothers are, you know, they both had these like fall in their businesses, they're falling in his career, but now they're back on the road to success when suddenly the mama dies, making everybody sad. And Taejun blames himself for being angry with his mother. He was always yelling at her because 
you know, he wanted to be a city boy. He wanted to live the life he wanted to live. His mother was just not with it. Um, meanwhile, uh, even though he's angry at her and they're mourning her death, he ends up becoming chairman of the business that he's been working for. Um, so he comes home all successful, kind of a change man. And I guess the most iconic scene in this story is that drunk Mija laughs at him at her husband's ambitions. She's like, you realizing that he's changed, realizing that these years, like this is never going to work no matter how much they love each other. And the episode ends where Taejun hits her. And that's the end of the drama. I said, girl, what do you, (laughs) what do you mean? I was like, this was the most desolate, dramatic (laughs) shit. (laughs) There was like, no, there was like, no type of, um, I guess conclusion. The drama aired for a whole fucking year. I was like, so it was just supposed to be like a bleak look at reality as like what it was to like live in Korea in the eighties and go from the country to the city and these people change it because of capitalism and money and all that stuff. Mm. And I was like, you ended with domestic abuse. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like we could have had a different ending, but I guess that's kind of what makes it iconic because it's supposed to be like this window into real life yeah. and that probably happened a lot in korea it probably still does happen a lot like domestic violence is no joke mm-hmm. and i was just like i was reading through this shit mary in, Kore- in korean and i was just like <laughs> ah y'all are doing the most yeah i don't know i mean depending on the my life now is definitely different from the 80s in south korea of course <laughs> but right. I guess, like, I don't know. I guess I can understand, like, if you're, if life is hard and difficult for you, maybe looking at a screen in which they're depicting, like, a life that doesn't represent what society is like is not what you want to watch. But damn, is this sad. Right. It's sad. But, like, imagine, like, this is, like, the first years of early television. And they had this thing on for a year. Your mama watching it. Your daddy watching it. Like, there wasn't as many tv broadcast stations or ott so this couldn't this had to have been popular Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. um hold your horses because we just now getting into it right the next one now i have never heard of this drama but it was like mentioned in on the korean drama wikipedia page as being one of the first real commercial successes among korean television it's called Eyes of Dawn. Um, Young Young and Noon Dungja. It aired in 1991 on NBC, starring Che Shira and Choi Jae Sung. The series led to the viewers through a turbulent time from the Japanese rule to the Korean War. And so I was like, okay, let me hold my boobs. Um, it was 36 episodes, it, uh, 48 minutes an episode. Can we please go back to 48 minutes an episode? It recorded an average viewership rating of 44.3 and recorded its highest viewership rating at 58%. My God. Right? <laughs> these numbers so, are insane. These numbers are double. Having double, like, a, a, a hit drama in Korea usually hits 10% nowadays. Mm-hmm. 10 these bitches is hitting 78 and 50 like it ain't nothing <laughs> i can see why korea is stuck in this nostalgia age the entire country was watching the same stuff at the same time <laughs> right 
So Eyes of Dawn is a story of three young Koreans caught in the maelstrom of the nation's modern history, spanning from the colonial period to the Korean War. The series brought attention to such issues as Japanese war crimes, especially the the existence of comfort women and the tragedies wrought by Korea's ideological divisions. It's based on a bestseller novel by Kim So-jong and is written by Song Ji-na, who wrote Faith and Sandglass. Mama had Mama was in her back. I think she's still in her back. Let me check. What was her last drama? Song Jinan's last drama was in 2017, The King in Love. Oh, I wasn't going to watch that, but you know. <laughs> she be doing the dang thing, right? So, um, um, trigger warning. If you're triggered by rape or sexual assault, I would skip forward until the next drama. So, I'm not going to go over the entire plot line. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to focus on the main female character. Um, her story is the most important to me, in my perspective. So, in first we have her name is Yoon Nyo Ok. So, first we have during Japanese occupation in the winter of 1943, Yo Ok returns home after her mother became sick while she was in school, and her father, who was an independent fighter, is forced to flee Manchuria. Um, and she's going after him, so she's on a train, and where she is raped by a military officer. And so then she is basically captured as a comfort woman, um, as a Japanese sex slave. Uh, she then falls in love with Choi Dechi, a Korean student soldier. While living as a comfort woman, she gets pregnant with his child, but they are separated when he gets deployed. She is determined to give birth to his child and is transferred to Saipan, where she meets John Karim, a student soldier who is in charge of checkups for the women in the comfort camps. Um, the Japanese massacre... Um, the women in the camps to cover up their war crimes, but Yo-Oak somehow survives. Um, Yo-Oak later becomes uh, an OSS agent, a secret agent, and tries to meet her father, but he had been dead by the time she arrives. She then becomes a, a Gisang, a courtesan spy in Gyeongsong, where she meets Harum again, who is also a spy. They plot to bomb a Japanese building, but a Japanese soldier recognizes her. She's arrested and tortured before being released. So, this is after Japanese liberation. When uh, Yook returns home, she has no family left, and her neighbors are either shunning her or trying to blackmail her for her family's land. She tries to find Daichi, but here she is dead and goes to find Harim. They fall in love Hadim and Yook basically fall in love, but then Daichi returns, and she can't help but accept him after seeing he has been severely injured. Even though Daichi is still trying to fight the remnants of the right-wing personnel, he ends up ignoring his family, and Yook tries to follow her husband. So they're doing like still doing independent fighters, independent fighter stuff. Daichi asks his wife to find a spy, but it turns up being Hadim. She refuses to pass on the information, and Daichi finds out about Hadim through one of um, Yook's colleagues, he tells the police and Yook and Hiram flee to Teju. Yook, who is terrified of the cops, goes to live out um, her life on Halasan, um, Hala Mountain. Uh, Daichi couldn't bear to see Yook suffer, so he asks Hiram to set up an escape. But when Yook sees that Hiram is the one on the boat, she turns back. They finally decide to escape. Um, 
But Yoak finds out that Daichi sacrificed the orphan siblings she had been caring for, and she refuses to go with him and gets arrested. Yoak, a Northern Korean spy who was put on trial for disguised employment in the U.S. military government and stealing information, is sentenced to death and released after the Korean War broke out and Seoul fell to the Korean People's Army. Good God. Um, yeah, talk about heavy. <laughs> heavy. <laughs> 36 episodes? Jesus Christ. Um, I watched a few of the scenes from the show, like the introduction, and the scene, I guess, is really popular. It had the most views. It's the scene where Yook and um, Jang Han meet in Saipan, and he's trying to check her for her pregnancy, and she refuses to let him because she's terrified that they're going to try to kill the child. Um, and he says to her, you know, I'm a Korean person too. Um, you should just, you know, believe me. And I'm like, why would she ever do that? <laughs> it doesn't really matter where you're the Korean not. She's a terrified woman who's been traumatized. So, of course, there's probably some more problematic things in drama. But it was iconic during its time. And I'm sure it's used um, in many academic papers about Japanese occupation and things like that. So, Yeah. I saw that and I was like, how have I never heard of this drama? <laughs> it's another famous, 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 famous uh, drama that I think I will eventually watch one day. Because I'm just intrigued by it being utilized in so many different Korean variety shows. Yeah, It's Sandglass. Um Sandglass is the story of two men whose friendship is put to the test through the 1970s and the 1980s, one of Korea's politically tumultuous periods. Park Tae-soo, tough and loyal, grows up to become a gangster, while Kang Woo-suk, smart with her morals, grows up to become a prosecutor. Yoon Hae-din, a beautiful, spirited daughter of a wealthy casino owner, is a classmate to Woo-suk in college. Hae-din is introduced to Tae-soo and Woo-suk and they, via Woo-suk and they subsequently fall in love. Now, Anybody looking at this would be like, oh, a love story. That's so not what this is. <laughs> um, it was 24 episodes. When I saw this, I was like, no wonder this drama was popular. Marin, this drama aired from January 9th to February 16th every day, Monday through Thursday. When you hear people talk about Sandglass uh-huh. in Korean variety shows, they're always like, the streets were quiet. And I'm just sitting here like, what day of the week were the streets quiet? And it's because they played the drama back to back to back <laughs> week after week. I was like, <gasps> I was like, that is insane. It's the fourth highest rated uh averaged korean drama ever <laughs> it's yeah, well, ins- right <laughs> if i if you had told me um the other the other two we had just you had just described i would have thought this was number one i would have too the way people talk about it right also i just looked at the list um of uh, highest shows. Mm-hmm. The first one is you and I. What is this? Oh, we have so much other stuff to go over. We're gonna have to do all top ten. Mm-hmm. Tejangum. Okay, I understand that. Eyes of Dawn. We just went over that. Son and Daughter. 
Youth Sunny's Place? I've never heard of this one. Oh, what is love? Oh, okay. So, let's get into this. Our main character is Park Tae-soo. His daddy died before he was born. And he lived with his mother who ran a restaurant. He was famous for being a brat, a fighter in high school, right? And so one day his mother just can't take him being a ruffian anymore. She drops to her knees crying and apologizing for not giving him the right environment to study and be successful in. So she goes to ask the first place student in Tae-soo's class, Woo-suk, to help Tae-soo and tutor him. Taesu mm-hmm. had been aiming to enter a military academy after graduating, but his father's independent fighter left-wing activity had discouraged him from enlisting, so he's got to find some other way to live. Um, but before he could figure all that out, his mother dies, so he's left alone in this world, right? So Wusa goes to college, and one of his college classmates is Hidden, and they fall in love, but Hidden's daddy is a casino gangster, so their love was doomed from the start. Taesu is basically kidnapped and take it to a university. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, this is a very big, um, a very big political incident that happens in Korea. And I can't, uh, I can't think of the name of the university, but it's a big political event. You know, that whole movement of where students were going against the military, the, mm-hmm. the government yeah. when it was ran by the military, right? This is in, I think this is before the Guangzhou uprising, but the Guangzhou uprising is coming. So, uh, so, um, he gets taken to this university and he only gets released when Hayden promises her dad that she'll break up with him. Right. So Taisu gets hit with reality and he becomes successful. Um, and he grows up after this breakup, but in reality, he becomes a better person because he believes he, he wants to match Hayden on her level. Hayden on her level, you know, she's a rich daughter. She's the daughter of a rich man, so he wants to be rich enough to, you know, like, um, be with her and all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, their love was so strong that he succeeds, succeeds enough to abandon his current girlfriend when Hayden gets in trouble. Now here's where it gets a little iffy with the korean because i didn't read the other characters but it seems like there's another character that's important in this story we're going to just call him jung and jung also went to school with Wusuk and taesu right and so taesu and jung were like best friends but they kind of grow apart as their like political ideas get different and they you know become powerful and they're different rights and so he gets entangled with hidden for some reason and hidden ends up going to jail for some shit that he did right um so to get to get hidden out of jail Taesu basically starts he um takes all of her assets right and mm-hmm. he starts using the secret funds from Jung's account to you know pay off political people so he can free Hayden from prison and she realizes that only when she's out of prison right um she's out of prison but she gets out of prison then also almost gets dragged into the NIS for interrogation but Taesu saves her and they spend the night together and the next day, Taesu realizes that Jung was trying to kill her, and so he ends up interrogating Jung and drowning him. So Taesu spends two years in jail before being executed and cremated like his parents, where his ashes were spread over mountains. He was a part of every dark scene in Korean history, um, and to protect the woman he loved, he committed you know revolutionary acts, and so their juniors wouldn't have to face the same hell as they did. Now, if you had read that damn description <laughs> and then saw the drama, you were probably like, Hmm, something's not adding up. This is also from Miss Sung Gina. Um, but I just thought that was insane. If you 
Lee Jung Jae, young Lee Jung Jae is in this. <laughs> Go Hyung Jun is the main character. Park Sang Woo, Choi Min Soo. Like, I'm definitely going to eventually watch this drama one day. But reading what it was actually about, I was like, damn, that's sad as fuck. <laughs> That's sad as fuck, but it seems like all of the dramas that came out in the early 90s and the 80s mm-hmm. um, were all about the tumultuous times of the decades before that. Yeah. So it's so interesting because it started off with historical dramas, which are thousands about, you know, countries and people that are thousands of years old. And it kind of moves on in a timely order, which I think is interesting. Um, I also wonder, like, what were the modern dramas in 1995? Like, I- I'm sure that they were movies that you know reflected life and soul in Mm -hmm. 95 rather than being like in the 80s and 70s but it's interesting to see that the biggest dramas are about of times past yeah we're kind of moving to some more we're hitting the 2000s we're hitting the ones i recognize right Um, so mary's gonna take us through some of the more i guess the fusion the romantic ones yeah these are more um if you have anything else to add about these um tori go ahead i'm just gonna give a really quick rundown so i have autumn in my heart a 2000 south korean romantic television drama starting song seung hyun song hye kyo and won bin Mm -hmm. Uh, the series is the first of the installment themed tetralogy um endless love uh, drama series directed by Yoon Seok Ho and the series was very successful successful in South Korea with an average viewership rating of 38.6 and reaching a peak of 46.1 it is considered a pioneer in Korean melodramatic series launching mm-hmm. a worldwide fever that is commonly referred to as the Korean wave and tours of cities in Korea related to the show have been developed following its success god damn <laughs> Like, the fact that this show launched the Korean wave is kind of crazy. That's kind of crazy to get one show. Also, but, I mean, um, but look at the cast. Song Sung Ho, oh, yeah. Song Hye Kyo, Won Bin. <laughs> When's the last time Won Bin been in a drama? No, he did, he did what, like, four? Like, from the way that this man is, he, he seems like a myth, a being. Like, I don't <laughs> The legend. The legend. Like, oh, my God. Okay. Even so. Hyun Bin is doing shit again, bitch. Yeah. What everybody else everybody in this list has done something <gasps> one two three four five six seven this man is in seven dramas i'm gonna scream <laughs> seven dramas in one two three four five six movies i can't <laughs> living well oh my god okay that commercial money must be nice has to be <laughs> um okay rundown of the storyline we have a little boy uh named jun junsa jun yeah junsa a little mm-hmm. boy named Junsa is brought to see his new baby sister. The boy starts to play with the name cards on the incubators and two fall down to the floor. A nurse comes by and accidentally switches the name cards while putting them back. Obviously, so that way the babies are given to the... I'm uh, gagging. <laughs> Started off crazy already. Um, the story skips the teenage years of the two main characters who believe they are brother and sister. They're very close to one another and they're, we have... They're very close to one another. We have the happy-go-lucky Yunsa and the kind and gel- gentle Junsa. Uh, then one day after school, Yunsa gets hit by a truck. Ooh, white truck of death coming in. Um, and needs <laughs> Not, a blood... T- I'm sorry, can we just pause? The archetypes are killing me. It's like the beginning of the, the white truck of doom. 
That's crazy. I need to do a PowerPoint on like when the White Truck of Doom began and how many dramas did it. Um, okay. And so she gets hit by a truck and needs a blood transfusion, which leads mm-hmm. to her parents on her parents, um, Insa's parents discovering that she is not their biological daughter. Their biological daughter is named Shine, and she's Shine. a child of mm-hmm. um child of a very poor woman named Su In Kim, who owns a rundown cafe in town. Shine is the exact opposite of Insa, bratty and whiny and always seeking attention. When she finds out that she is the biological daughter of parents who are much wealthier than the woman who raised her, she has a tantrum and des- demands to become part of the Yoon family. Bitch. Uh, <laughs> Insa finally learns the truth when, um, when the weeping Shin A reveals it in a dramatic scene with everyone standing around looking crushed. After a lot of tears, Insa, de- Insa decides on her own to go live with her biological mo- mother and Shin A moves in with the Yoon's. What? Okay, <laughs> this is stupid. <laughs> uh, the Yoons take Shine and Junsa to live in America, and Insa remains with her biological mother <gasps> in Korea and helps her run the cafe. Now, the fact that we get another time jump is crazy. Years go Wait by. A sec- <laughs> Wait a second. They just going to abandon the child they raised to be a teenager? I feel like there has to be more. Like, I got this <laughs> no way. If she's such a wonderful person, there's no way you're just leaving her like that. Um, years go by and the grown up Insa still thinks about her long lost brother and misses him Mm. (laughs) you have to make sure you tell people brothers in quotation marks (laughs) oh yeah I I did the quotation (laughs) um Junsa is now grown up and comes back to Korea with a fiance to marry named uh, Yumi Shin. But in the back mm-hmm. of his mind, he yearns to look for Insa, his long lost sister. Quotation marks. P- remember, people, they're not actually blood related. Mm-hmm. They thought they were, but <laughs> they're not. Um, Insa has also never forgotten Junsa. She now works as a receptionist and maid and has attracted the attention of a handsome tenant named Tesor Khan, who's played by Won Bin. But uh, she still lives with her mother in humble surroundings. It's Insa who recognizes um, Junsa and from a distance, and she follows him to where he is walking on the beach with Tesok and Yumi. At first, uh, Junsa hides the truth of their history together from Yumi and Tesok, but of course, it eventually comes out, and we end up with one messy quadrangle quadrangle why did they quadrangle yeah Yeah. a square (laughs) square quadrangle as it is obvious to everyone insa and junsa have feelings for one another that go a lot deeper than brother and sister because they're not god that is such a weird (laughs) sentence Um, tesok falls in love with insa and yumi has to suffer jealousy while watching uh, junsa's ever-growing attachment to insa as a fight between Junsa and Tesok erupts over their love for Insa, she discovers she has leukemia. Oh my god. <laughs> and she doesn't tell anyone except for Tesok, who offers to pay for her treatment. When her health deteriorates, the others begin finding out the extent of her condition. Insa soon falls into a coma. Junsa <laughs> finds out about Insa's health and reacts with shock and fear, while Tesok forces Junsa to try to wake up Insa. Eventually, Insa wakes up, but is too weak to follow the treatment. When it is clear that there is no hope, Junsa takes her home so that she can spend her last days with him. At this point, Yumi finally lets go of Junsa. Junsa proposes 
to Unsa and they get married. Unsa dies as Junsa carries her around the beach where they spent their birthday as teenagers. Before Unsa dies, she tells Junsa to move on and continue living. However, Junsa, dazed and grief stricken by the death of his love, is struck by the truck in the same place as Unsa's accident during her teenage years. Bitch! Oh, this is so sad. I know people were weeping watching this show. There's no way. I, I couldn't talk if I was watching this. No, you have to be a different kind of bitch <laughs> oh. to be like, I'm not only going to give this woman cancer, I'm going to kill this man in the same spot. No, get away from me. This is, what are you doing to <laughs> me? Oh my, I would, I, like, do not talk to me for three hours after I watch the show. This is one of the times that I wish we had cameras on because you should see my face as you read the last bullet point. <laughs> you should have seen my face when I was reading it earlier. I said, I said, huh? No. There's no way. This is insanity. I always knew this drama had like semi-incest. Yeah. I didn't know. <laughs> this is every archetype that's ever been in the melodrama ever. Cancer, the truck of doom, um, semi-incest. <laughs> like, it has it all. This is terrifying. <laughs> oh my god. That's a lot to go through for a show, too. Only how many episodes was this? I don't even I don't even remember. Um Oh no, let me look it's in my one second. Let me just check how many episodes because she did a lot. It was sixteen episodes. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm so that serious. Is... Like if I was watching this at home, don't talk to me for a good two hours after this. I wouldn't I have to put myself together. <laughs> It's like, did you have to kill him? Did you have to kill him? Okay. We okay. could be here all day. Let's go to the next one. Okay. Okay. Stairway to Heaven. Uh, Stairway to Heaven is a 2003 South Korean television series starting, starring Choi Ji-woo, Kwon Sang-woo, Kim Tae-hee, and Shin Hyun-jun. The drama mm-hmm. is a second entry in director Lee Hanju's Heaven trilogy, which included Beautiful Days in 2001 and Tree of Heaven in 2006. I didn't know we were doing trilogies and teratologies and stuff like that in the 2000s. Um, and the drama was a hit and received an average viewership rating of 38.8% and a 45.3% for the finale. Like, it's slowly becoming real to me why the big names in Korea are so big. Everybody yeah. and their mama was watching them. Everybody. <laughs> um, okay, so this one is a little bit more detailed. Um, I didn't put bullet points as much, but... Mm-hmm. Okay, so we have Han Jung-se and Cha Sung-ju are childhood friends and have a special bond that blossoms into love. Mm-hmm. They both shared the pain of losing a loved one. Songju's father died in a traffic accident, and Jung-sun's mother died of eye cancer. My God. Okay. Okay. <laughs> oh. uh, Jung-sun's father marries an actress named Tae-mira, who, mm-hmm. who brings her real daughter, Han Yuri, and son into the household. Mm-hmm. Yuri is jealous of Jung-sun, making her look terrible in front of her mother, who begins to turn on Jung-sun. Oh, it's giving like stepmother Cinderella. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. When Jungsa's father leaves for work, her stepmother assaults her. She thwarts oh. Jungsa's attempt to study abroad with Songju, and then leaves. And then, who then leaves for America alone? Mira plots for Yuri to win the affections of Songju, who is the heir of his family throne. All the while, Jungsa tries to be nice to Tewa, but he mistakes of, but he mistakes her friendship for something more and falls in love with her. How old are they? <laughs> I don't are they it's- like? It's giving middle high school? Yeah, it's giving high school. That w- I think 
it has to be high school. It has um, to be. If they're going to study abroad. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Uh, three years later, Songju comes back from America and Jungsa rushes to greet him. A jealous Yuri tries to stop them from reuniting. As they race to the airport, Yuri intentionally hits Jungsa with her car. Jungsa is taken to the hospital <laughs> where a group of people have just had just died in a fire. Yuri swaps Jungsa's ID with one of the people to fake her death. She what? takes the real Jungsa to her biological father's home. <gasps> Taewa, still in love with Jungsa, finds out what Yuri has done, but seizes the opportunity to run away with Jungsa. Oh, you ain't shit. I was about to hear shit. What? <laughs> oh my god. Jungsa loses her memory, and Taewa moves him away and changes their names. Kidnapping. Okay. <laughs> Another time, jump five years later, Yuri is soon to be engaged to Songju. Songju decides that he needs to let go of Jungsa and goes to the carousel they used to ride as children. He <gasps> wishes to see Jungsa just once more and looks up and sees her on the carousel. Jungsa, now named Kim Jisoo, works at a small clothing shop while living with Taewa. Songju rushes to, rushes to Jisoo and tells her that she is Jungsa, but she doesn't believe him. Songju is determined to make her remember her past through a series of events. He and Jungsa become close. Is that what that scene is? They always play that scene on variety shows of him at the carousel. I think I know what you're Now talking. I have context. Now we have context. Uh, Jungsa regains her memory when Yuri nearly hits her with her car again oh and rushes God. to tell Songju. She forgives Tewa. Bitch, why? Okay. <laughs> As she knew he did it out of love. Okay. Oh. Jungsa and Songju are happy together until she discovers she has eye cancer. She has I will cry. <laughs> she scream. She asks Taewa to take her away from Songju since she can't bear to see him in pain. Gradually, Jungsa's vision deteriorates into blindness. Taewa, tell, Taewa tells Songju and his family the truth, starting from the accident. Yuri is arrested and her mother goes insane and is admitted to a mental hospital. Mm. Songju marries Jungsa, who is now blind with the blessing of her mother and father. Jungsa tells Taewa that her one wish is to see Songju's face one last time. Both Songju and Taewa ask a doctor to let them ask a doctor to let them give Jungsa one of their corneas, but the doctor tells them that they can't take corneas from live donors. Taewa wants to grant oh. her at all costs and commits a suicide via <gasps> donate his cornea to her? No. Ain't no way. After his death, Jungsa has the operation and is able to see again. However, Jungsa finds out about Taewa's death and later on tells Jungsa. She starts to feel sick again, and the doctor states that the tumor has spread into her spread to her brain. The same in, inoperable, the same incurable illness that killed her mother. Jungsa realizes realizing this forgives Temira and Yuri because of Tewa. Both Yuri and Taemira feel remorse for their wrongdoings against Jungsa and apologize to her. Jungsa dies a few days later at the seaside near her childhood oh. home. <laughs> Two women died already in the arm of Songju. The ending scene reverts to the beginning scene where Songju is playing the piano by the ocean of the memorable beach house. He says, perhaps that person, Tewa, might have loved that girl more than I. But even though, even though I say this, that doesn't mean that I loved her any less. What? It'd be fucking fine. This is the second woman to die at the beach, first of all. Yeah. Second of all, is this the beginning? Because I know this trope exists in Korean dramas where somebody uh -huh. was like, oh, I was sick, and they get better, and they wake up, and it was their loved one that did it for them. Is this yeah. where that started? <laughs> it also shows the the thing in dramas they do where um, 
they're sick and so they don't want their their loved one to see them in pain so they like try to like get away from there or lie to them so that we don't they don't see them sick that is a lot that was a lot (laughs) we both we both like that was a lot i did not read that i didn't read the part about the suicide that's a lot to put in a show i understand why y'all were hooked on 2000 early i understand why this started the hollywood wave if i could would have saw this in 2004 i would have been like god damn and that one stairway to heaven is um 20 episodes 20 episodes an hour and 10 minutes each do we have to blame her for the long episodes <laughs> an hour and 10 minutes each that's insanity okay, okay. last one Lovers in Paris is a 2004 South Korean South Korean television series starring Kim Jong Un, Park Shin Young, and Lee Dong Gun. It mm-hmm. aired on SBS from the 12th of June um, to the 15th of August in 2004, with 20 episodes. The series is the first in the Lovers trilogy by writer Kim Eun Suk and director Shin Woo Chul. This was followed by Lovers in Prague and the f- the third, simply titled Lovers. Uh, this is also let me go to where this. If y'all don't know who Kim Min Sook is, um, King Eternal Monarch, Mr. Sunshine Goblin, yeah, she's an OG. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it is also, okay, with an average viewership rating of 40 plus percent and the peak of 50, 56.3%, Lovers in mm. Paris became one of the most highly rated Korean dramas of all time. It also received several high profile awards, making it one of the most successful uh, one of the most successful series aired on SBS, and y- if you've been watching dramas, you've heard the quotes from here. Especially, why can't you say? Why can't you say that is my right. man? That is a man I love, girl. I, this one I could say it in Korean. <laughs> the amount of times I've heard it. Then I'm like, "Wait, modern mutant crazy man." Okay, so I have like ten bullet points for this one. I really summarize this one. Um, mm-hmm. We have the pretty, optimistic, and effervescent Kang Tae Young is a Korean girl living in Paris. She's hired um she's hired as a uh, housekeeper for um a automobile company mogul Han Ki-ju who is a divorced workaholic workaholic who is uh, hardly ever home. Unhappy with her services and annoyed at her effervescent personality when he is so serious, Ki-ju fires her. When he realizes that she's from the same Korean hometown hometown as the wife of a potential business partner, he hires her to act as his fiance for a formal evening to help him warm up to this potential business partner and wife. However, mm-hmm. the fake girlfriend plan backfires eventually after two meetings with this rich um, with this rich couple and Kiju and Taeyong part ways on bad terms again. Through a series of odd events, however, she also meets a handsome Yoon, Yoon Soo Hyuk, who is Kiju's wandering nephew. <laughs> You know, you know, man goes around, doesn't have a job, a bunch of, mm-hmm. you know, been with a bunch he of women. He is secretly rich. <laughs> um, uh, recalled by his father, Kiju returns to Korea, and Taeyong also returns to attend her beloved father's death anniversary. While trying to sort out her family problems and retrieve her father's vintage camera that was confiscated by creditors, she meets Kiju again. Through multiple coincidental encounters, she he finds himself attracted to her and is displeased, and and this displeases his stern father, who wants him to marry a young woman from a rich political family. Mm-hmm. However, as Kiju and Taeyong finally, honestly, finally, honestly open their hearts to one another, a scheming Yunsa, which is his fiance or gay, the one his dad wants mm-hmm. to marry, and an emotionally wounded Suhyuk, see, uh, seeing their romantic plans failing, plot to split them up. <laughs> 
matters are further complicated when a long-held family is secret is revealed. Soo Hyuk's mother, which is um, Kiju's nephew, is actually um, Kiju's mother and not his older sister, as he had been raised to believe. So technically, Soo Hyuk and Kiju are not uncle and nephew; they're half brothers. Okay, wait. Uh, pause. Yes. Pause. <laughs> Kiju is our main character. Yes. Our main man. Mm-hmm. And his s- sister is his mother? Yes, and he didn't know that. He thought, yeah, he did not. They, his family did not tell him. So his sister is his half-sister, but also no, his No, his, so what happened is his mom had an, had an affair with his dad and then gave birth to him and they were embarrassed so they um so they made her marry Soo Hyuk's dad and then she gave birth to Soo Hyuk but then they oh. never told Kiju that that was his mother they just told him that was his older sister oh yeah okay <laughs> uh Kiju and Taeyong can finally be together unfortunately because of his family his family's disapproval of her they decide to separate temporarily she goes back to Paris and he stays in Korea Later on, Kiju catches a flight to Paris for some time. They do not know where the other is and keep missing each other. Then one day, just like the beginning of the story, Kiju throws a coin into a fountain and makes a wish to see Taeyong again. As he turns, he sees her standing there. And they, you know. This one was way more tame. Nobody died. (laughs) Nobody died. Now I can't wait to see what her other one, because wasn't her other one Bali? Love Love is in Bali? No, lovers in Prague and then lovers. Oh, what is the Bali one? Are we gonna have to add that to the list? Because I don't know what the fuck <laughs> Joe and Tung was crying for. Um. Oh well, yeah. What happened to Bali? Two thousand four. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah, we're adding this to the list for the next one. Um. Okay. My question is: Which drama do you think you'd watch? Which drama do you think you wouldn't watch here's the thing though i've attempted to watch um lovers in paris i didn't oh you have but i did Mm. very beginning when i was into korean dramas okay um i am probably not going to watch eyes of dawn yeah Um, that one's a bit a bit much and then if i were to say let's except for lovers in prague God, Stairway to Heaven and Autumn in My Heart are both really. Maybe, maybe. Um, yeah, that's a bit too. Maybe Sandglass, actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we almost have the same answer. I don't think I'd ever watch Love and Ambition. Mm-hmm. 96 episodes is just. Oh, yeah, that's too much. I think I could get through Eyes of Dawn if I was looking at it academically. I have to really mm-hmm. separate myself from. to watch it fully. I'm eventually going to watch Sandglass. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe over winter break, I'll watch Sandglass. Because people were, you know, there was less traffic when Sandglass was on. <laughs> that was a month. That was a month and a half of less traffic bars full of people watching television together. <laughs> I want to experience what the cultural iconicness of that was. So yeah, like, we used to be a country. We used to be a people <laughs> sitting there in bars watching Sandglass. <laughs> okay, this was the first installment of K Drama Classics. I think this was fun. I think we will continue to do these maybe once a month, and we'll just like pick 
six dramas to talk about. Um, cause there's more. There's so many more. <laughs> uh, I, if you guys, which dramas would you guys watch? Which storyline caught you off guard the most? Um, please let us know. Come talk to us on Twitter at Commented or TikTok at Commented Podcast. Um, and until next time, I'm Tori. I'm Marin. Bye bye. Bye.